Welcome to Caritas Christi, a real and raw podcast with real women and real faith, where we apply the feminine genius to look at the current events of this world, our faith lives, and other things that are relevant to young Catholic women today. Thank you for joining us. Happy Thursday. Hi, this is Mary. And this is Hannah. And you're with Caritas Christi. Thank you for um, joining us today. Yes. Welcome. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> Take two. <sighs> it always gets better, though. Yes. So, uh, well, let's, for that reason, let's start with prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostrae. Amen. In omni Patri, Filio, Spiritui Sancto. Amen. And our inspiration today comes from a poem, uh, Rejoicing in Your Love, by Mary Nugebauer, yours truly. Dance with me, a lover of my soul. You are my Lord and Savior, my Redeemer. You have called me as your own, your daughter, chosen and beloved. Here I am, rejoicing in your love. How lavish and full of reckless abandonment your love is. Pressed up close to you in this dance, so my heart of flesh, full of your radiating love, you will fill. Even the cross is beautiful, because it has brought me so intimately close to you. To gaze into your oh-so-loving tender eyes, as you did with your mother on your way. Oh, with your beautiful loving gaze on me, how sweet and comforting it is to be held in the palm of your hand. How could I not throw myself into your open embrace? O lover of my soul, dance with me. I rejoice in your love, for even the cross is beautiful when I am held in the palm of your hand. Here I am, rejoicing in your love. How lavish and full of reckless abandonment your love is. Pressed up close to you in this dance, so my heart of flesh, full of your radiating love, you will feel. Um, so uh, just a little backstory for this poem. Um, it kind of, actually I'd written it as a song, but I think it's kind of just going to stay as a poem kind of reads better that way. Um, but it kind of came out of, um, I was like over two years ago. Um, it was kind of, um, a growing up period in my life where, um, my grandmother had been failing and then she passed away, um, in October and then quickly a dream job turned into a nightmare of a job. And also my car before it had burned up was also just giving me a lot of <laughs> car problems. Um, and so let's just say I kind of actually entered into a kind of, um, a dark night of the soul experience where it was honestly like, I was just so, you know, hurt and, um, just, it, I, I just knew that God was there, even though I could barely sense that he was there. Um, and it was a really, um, yeah, it was, it was a dark time in a way, but, coming out of that, the intimacy that I grew with the Lord, um, uh, from just choosing him and just, um, and it's not like, oh, wow, you're so strong. It was more like I was trying to survive. <laughs> I was trying to just cling to the Lord for survival. So I wouldn't spiral in. Um, but yeah, so that, that beautiful tenderness that came out of that time is kind of where this poem came from. So, um, eventually the, the, um, the original one of the original titles that I thought was Joy and Sorrow, because um, I really think that's so true. Redemptive suffering and um, yeah. So Hannah, what do you think about that? I thought it was really nice. It actually reminded me of the Song of Songs. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing Bible in a Year with Father Mike Schmitz. Woo, Woo love him. <laughs> um, but it reminded me of that just because of the way it was written, like Oh Lover of My Soul. And I thought that was that was beautiful because the Song of Songs is just it's a it's a real interesting book of the Bible, but it's just like ignored because it gets a little spicy sometimes. But <laughs> it's it's really like a love letter mm -hmm. from God to his to his church and to everybody. Mm. And the Bible is really a love letter from God to you mm. for every single person that exists. So that's just yeah. yeah. It's kind of like. Um kind of like David when he wrote the Psalms. Not mm. that I'm saying I'm David. <laughs> but he starts with David. Wow, you're comparing um, yourself to David. <laughs> but I think those stuff, like it's it's God's love letter, but also I feel like it's nourishing to the soul. Um, but I was, when I was initially um, thinking of having this be a song, I was like wanting it to be more of like a waltz 
kind of like a, <laughs> I didn't want it to be another praise and worship song. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want it to be like a love, like it just sounded like a romantic love song, yeah. romantic waltz. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess you can read it that way. So mm-hmm. um, anyways, <laughs> so what are we, what are we having today, Hannah? Uh, we're having pretzel slims that are bacon habanero fa- flavored, and I can eat them because there is no cheese. And Yay. it's naturally flavored, and I'm also augmenting it with um, some tomato soup. <laughs> in my, uh, what is it? In your Yeti? My Leftist Tears tumbler from Daily Wilder. We're not being endorsed or supported by them at all, but yeah. Even it's better. Leftist Tears, hot or cold. And actually, I like this one because this version, they came out with new ones, but this was the one. Um, earlier version and it has the freedom flag on it which represents our belief that america's best days always lie ahead as long as we remain a nation of what is it explorers pioneers and freedom fighters like you so anyways to be continued in a later conversation um also you had some comment on my food well i sent a photo of it because you always say i eat, I eat weird things so <laughs> Oh, yes. Yeah, it was very, <laughs> it was very colorful. You had like uh, the tomatoes and the hard-boiled eggs. No, it was, what? Fried what? eggs, not hard-boiled eggs. Oh, you said hard-boiled when you were talking to me. Oh, so. I, oh, I, <laughs> fried eggs, my bad. <laughs> Sunny side up. it looked like fried eggs, so I was very confused. <laughs> Who eats hard-boiled eggs in the morning? Uh, I misspoke as usual. <laughs> yeah, so fried eggs and then um, I fried the ham and then put the tomatoes on top with some mayo on top of them and some salt and pepper. So, and the tomatoes are, actually, they're fresh from my dad's garden and the eggs are fresh from the chickens. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. So, oh, I also had, um, coffee with that and then rice cakes with peanut butter and honey on top. So they were really, really yummy. So anyway, so, um, we're going to get into it with the current events so, all right. Let's Thanks for joining it. us today. <laughs> so, Hannah, tell me what's going on. I have been kind of out of the loop with a lot of stuff. I'm doing a social media and news fast. Um, so I have been kind of not paying attention for the past weekend. And then I started the media, social media fast yesterday so it's only been two days recent (laughs) but i really haven't been paying attention to stuff because there's just been a lot going on personally so i wish (laughs) (laughs) so tell me what what's what's going on well i saw something that uh i don't know definitely made me angry but you know it's a permanent condition now. It's fine. Uh, oh, Hannah. <laughs> it's just the state of the, the mm. stupid world. Except when I'm in, ad- in adoration, then I'm fine. But otherwise, I'm usually ready to fight someone. So, we good. Um, it comes from a tweet that says the, the AAP is deleting entire sections from their website which are about early childhood development and the, the importance of facial cues for learning. And so they're memory-holding decades of known and accepted medicine. This is the tweet. All because they have embraced forced ma- masking of our nation's children. So basically, you know, people are saying, quote, follow the science. Well, as an educator, I can tell you, kids need to see your face. Okay? And if they can't see your face, then it's, I don't know, it's just bad. I don't, I want to see my kids' faces and they want to see my face and it's harming them psychologically and harming their learning when they cannot see your face and like, especially really, really young children really need to be able to learn from facial cues and things like that, especially like, you know, under one year old, but even still school age kids just masking them up all day what what does that do to their intellectual and social development like (laughs) nobody knows uh but we do know and nobody cares they just like oh yeah we just wear the face diapers wear them they don't work Mm. wear them yeah and it's just it's just really frustrating to me because it's super close to home because Last year, you know, all, all my kids had to wear masks and all the kids in the school had to wear masks and, you know, I had to wear one and it's like, you know what, this this is stupid. You're not going to, like, 
you, you know, you want to know how many cases we had in my school among students? Zero. Zero. And we had it among teachers. I wasn't one of the teachers that got it. The majority of our teachers did end up getting it like all at the same time, which was fun. But even when the teachers did get it, it was very mild and they didn't get it from the students. They got it from someplace else. Like they all got it from someplace else, like all at the same time. Cause it was just running through the community. I, I teach in a small, you know, private school. And so it's, it just goes through the community like that. And then everybody was fine. Yeah, it was good. And like, we had some parents with, um, kids in the school that the parents test positive, but the kids never got it. So yeah. So I'm like, why are we making, this is the thing that infuriates me too, is like all these teachers are like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm so scared. And these kids aren't wearing masks and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well then quit. Quit. Because you know what? I'm sorry. If you aren't willing to give your life for these kids, why are you in this profession? Shut up and quit. Get out. I'm tired of these stupid teachers that don't give a crap about their kids. And like, we can talk another time about the whole education system. Because I'm very critical of that as well. But weed them out. If they're just test scores to you, if this is just, um, you know, something, if you don't really care about those kids enough, then go, then quit. Or, you know, if you, if you care about the kids and you're really scared, fine, teach online. Don't make these kids take the, take the brunt of the psychological damage of the trauma of all of this because you're scared. Stop forcing these traumas onto the children. Like, that's, that's something that's like almost about American culture almost is just like, we must put the trauma on the children. I'm like, no, screw off. Deal with your stuff and leave the kids alone. It's time for everybody to act, start acting like an adult, taking responsibility and realizing that the kids can't hurt you, okay? They're not gonna hurt you. Their, their grubby little hands can transmit the flu and everything else, but nobody cared about it until now. So stop. Mm-hmm. And that's my rant. <laughs> I'm kind of when you were sharing this, um, it kind of like what's drawing in in my mind is kind of similar, um, is over in Europe, I think in one of the Eastern countries, I don't know if it's Ukraine or whatnot, I don't want to cast, but, um, they're in the orphanages over there. Um, the babies were like infants were dying and they somehow figured out it was because of lack of like, they weren't being held. Um, and so people are literally like doing missionary work to go over to orphanages and hold babies. Um, cause it gives them more of a chance of survival. Yeah. Because so I just think that this is, I mean, not too far fetched from, you know, I mean, even my, a lot of, I, I think I've said this before on the podcast, but a lot of my friends, like they're raising their kids and they're being, being very intentional where they bring their kids. Cause they don't want their kids to get used to seeing people wear masks. Um, like they're intentionally picking. Yeah. They don't want to make it a normal thing, which I give them credit. I can't imagine being a parent in this time. <laughs> so, yeah. And I mean, I think people are getting battle worn from this stuff too, mm-hmm. because I was at a bank today and the bank employee was, I mean, because now they're getting a little bit more and more like, okay, you're seeing stuff pop back up, mm-hmm. but he was playing with his mask the whole entire time. Just like, <laughs> even the adults like are kind of like help. over it. If yeah. You, if you, yeah. Well, and oh yeah, gosh. but it's just like everyone's done. Yeah. It's just like done. the farces. Just it's just it's kind of like a joke, and you're beating a dead horse too. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I definitely think that it's interesting that all this is happening in our country, mm-hmm. um, with like the loss of freedom, and then the stuff that's going on in the world. It kind of doesn't seem to be, you know, without connection. But um, I'm actually... <laughs> so for our next news item, so do you remember when I had said, oh, I'm taking a break from news, Hannah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I literally, let me just, let me, y'all, I'm going to read you my text to her this morning. And this is literally how it goes. I was like, also, I'm off of social media for about 40 days now, including the news. So what if current events is you keeping me informed on things? And then literally a couple texts later was, 
Apparently, the news is now coming to my text via <laughs> my great my great friend Father Anthony, who's actually going to be on soon. Um, so I guess I'm going to read the text, and then you can kind of fill me in on fill in the gaps, Hannah. Sure. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right. Um, so I got this text, and it was to a group of us, um, and it said it was received from. I think it was sent from somebody else. It was received by a neighbor. Um, so I actually think that this is a, I don't know. So it says, this message was received Tuesday. Um, so I think this event already happened. But regardless, it says, today, sadly, they just confirmed this terrible news at this time. They can, they can corroborate it in the news. How sad. Please pray for the 229 Christian missionaries who have been sentenced to death tomorrow afternoon by the Afghan Islamists. Please pass this message on as soon as possible so that many people will be able to pray. This message was sent by, um, I'm not going to say the name, but it's a missionary from Chihuahua who was in, who is in Africa. The whole planet united in prayer. If you can forward it, please join us in urgent prayer. Also because a radical Islamic group has just taken... Quagosh, sorry, I really mispronounced that. The largest Christian city in Iraq, where there are hundreds of Christians, hundreds of Christian men and women and children who are being beheaded. Prayer cover, prayer cover is requested. And then this other text that I received from him was, um, if you are so inclined, this is from somebody else who responded. The NazarenFund.org is an organization that works to save Christians and others who are being persecuted for their religious beliefs. They are actively working in Afghanistan to remove as many Christians as possible. Time is short, as you are aware. There are many organizations, including secular organizations, that are working on this to save as many lives as possible. Anyone that worked with the U.S. there is at risk, per as needed. And then, actually, you know what, Hannah? I'm going to read that one last text to you that I sent, mm -hmm. told you about, and then you can... Um, so I actually, and I'm going to put this out as a request. Um, so I just was able to establish my business. And I was just thinking, like, I mean, this situation over in Afghanistan, like, honestly, I'd heard kind of rumors throughout the week of stuff going on in the Taliban. But I'm like, what can I do? Me knowing more about this stuff. And I, you know, it's just going to raise my anxiety for what cost. So I'm just going to continue praying and, you know, trust it to the Lord. And then obviously this came to my text and so then just like through prayer and stuff, I was like, you know what? My business just got established. What the heck? What if actually my dad had kind of th thrown it out earlier in the week and then it kind of just came back to me. So I'm actually trying to pursue this. So we'll see to what end. But I had sent to one of my friends. I said, um, I'm praying about trying to figure out how to sponsor someone from Afghanistan with a work visa now that my business is established. You know, I'm willing to work to figure it out, even if I have to fundraise tons of money. But if I can get one person out of Afghanistan, I will. So actually, if anyone out there knows, um, please, like, you know, have you have any um, resources, contacts, especially contacts, that would be huge. Um, but I will say in response to this, I got a response from my friend who said, um... She heard today that the U.S. was not accepting these people, but that other countries were, were willing. Um, she didn't know if this was true, but she needed to research it. Um, but that might make sponsorship difficult. Miracles are needed during this mess. So, Hannah, can you please just kind of fill in the gaps? What? So, I all I know is last week when I was paying attention to the news, um, we were pulling out of Afghanistan. Um, and then they were kind of walking back because... In order to help um, evacuate, they were sending troops back in, and then that's all I heard. So how how did this all escalate so fast? Can you please kind of give me a rundown of the events? Um, so basically, the idea was to withdraw and like I don't know, take all of our military equipment out and um, like actually fully withdraw and in a proper manner that that made sure um, none of our military equipment would fall into enemy hands, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that was, that was the plan. But what actually happened was we withdrew, and everybody's like, why, why did the 
Afghan army, like that we've been training and spending like billions of dollars on collapsed so quickly. And it's because they were still dependent on our forces. Like their aircraft were set up with our people. And so like we had aircraft controllers, so they really couldn't, like it was set up in a way that they couldn't operate without us, which is dumb because it's like, why do we set up this whole system so that we can eventually leave, except we can't leave. What? Why? I mean, like, that was that was set up stupidly, but then it wasn't changed. Like, they didn't make an... Nobody made an effort to change this, and then they just pulled out much more quickly than they were supposed to, like, almost zero notice, and then didn't make sure that all the weapons were out, didn't make sure that all of this, like, that it went semi-smoothly because i mean it wasn't going to go great no matter what but it's just it's been com- completely botched so i just want to also cut in because i know that trump had kind of made the same it was actually one of his like campaign slogans was to pull us out or i don't know i think yeah he but he actually had in. a plan for it he, like, well he but like, then he actually realized that oh we can't just we just can't get out of afghanistan and i will say trump is not perfect but sometimes mm-hmm. in unique times he has like apparently like some sliver of humility to like at least admit that he's wrong where biden like i mean obviously it's not just him he's probably getting pressure from some places right i mean it's just it's so bullheaded and so like I just think the ramifications are just, they're like unforgivable. <laughs> they're irreconcilable too. And I was hearing this too, and I was just listening. I mean, the whole purpose was to fight against terrorism. Um, and then the last thing I'll ask you the question, but the last thing I'll say before is um, a lot of people are like, I mean, this is, we've been there for 20 years. And now this is just putting a shame to all the sacrifices of all the soldiers who have lost their lives in this war. It's just like totally just, and that I I am I'm a daughter of a like or my I'm a granddaughter of a veteran, a veteran is in my family. My brother's a veteran, so that that hits home, close to home because even living on a military base here in America is hard, mm-hmm. let alone over and over there. Yeah, and so it, being deployed at all. So yeah, yeah um, yeah, please, <laughs> 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 yeah. So what what what. So they've only evacuated about 2,000 Afghan allies and their families um, out of, like, 88,000. So we are, yeah, failing with that. So, yeah, we made this problem by pulling out, and then they were like, see you, suckers, like, good luck, you know? And, you know, made us, yeah, made, made them vulnerable. And the, the allies left behind, they're going to face rep- retribution, and, you know, like, they've been doing revenge killings. Like, th- these guys are not good news. That's kind of why we were there in the first place a bit. So, yeah. So, like, you know, they've been allying with the U.S. government for years. And then the U.S. government is like, all right, bye. Like, have fun. And then, you know, just leaves everybody, like, in high water. So now, now they have all of these things that we left for them, like presents. So... Uh, the Taliban are believed to now control more than 2,000 armored vehicles, including oh. U.S. Humvees, and up to 40 aircraft, aircraft potentially including UH-60 Blackhawks, Scout Attack hol- helicopters, and Scan Eagle military drones. Wow! From a current intelligence assessment. Okay, wait. How did they just? How did they push back so fast? Because because the system that was set up was not able to sustain it. Was not able to sustain itself without americans like running it like have they, they just, just been have they, where have they been like where have they been hidden have they been in afghanistan and they just been like undercover or have they been in iraq or like where have the taliban well, they've been, been just... they've been there this whole time it's just a matter of them being emboldened and then now like then that they know we're pulling out then we pulled out and we like we didn't give them any any way to can like to control or mo- operate their aircraft they didn't try to like we gave them the equipment, but not, like, they were still dependent on us for everything that ran the equipment. And there's a video that ex- explains this better than I can, so I'm going to link that in the show notes. But we basically set them up for failure. And we're, we're like, okay, we, you know, we're here, and we have 
we have all all this stuff like we're we're spending all this money but they they were really still the afghan army that we were allying with they were really still dependent on us and now they're paying the price because we pulled out and didn't like give any kind of thought to what how it would work after withdrawing mm-hmm. like at all which was like could we withdraw sure does it need to be um set up so that we can without a total disaster yes but did biden care no uh he just pulled pulled it out and uh he's he's facing the music for it everybody is pissed yeah um i think it was it was something like i want to say upper 60s of americans disapproved of the decision um 60 percent uh, yeah upper 60s of americans said that it was handled poorly <laughs> i mean anyone so, who's not watching the news would be yeah well i mean he he even did a press like he did a conference a press conference or something yesterday i just caught like the tail end of it he like he, he finished what he was saying and he just turned around and walked away didn't take any questions nothing he just went and he turned yeah. around walked away well, and he's still supporting his decision he said no i didn't i didn't do anything wrong right he's and like, then he blamed trump even- he blamed trump yeah but he was like, it's Trump's fault. It was so hard. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, you can't place the blame on this guy forever. Like, at some point, like, yeah. I don't know. The, one of the fa- my favorite points about this is people love to blame Trump for everything that's wrong with the government. But when you look at, like, um, Biden, Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, um, the list goes on. They have, like a hundred plus years in government combined so i think they're probably the reason why it sucks if it if you're gonna say it sucks you're like you know how about these lifers instead of you know trump's like almost like a joke run for presidency and then he gets it and then he's just like he's not even a politician to begin with it's like huh like i don't know maybe he's not the end-all be-all for all these like for all these evils since he wasn't even in government that wasn't even his thing yeah and i think it also <sighs> just frustrates me too because i think people are so blinded by their dislike of trump that they just want to go ahead and um like biden wants to prove him wrong and i feel like to do stuff at this for like the sake of people's lives and for peace um i mean i don't know if there was ever hope of us getting out i mean i think we've been in there for 20 years um you can't even say that we've won this. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I guess I'm not like, I don't know. I feel like this has just been, how long? Yeah, this has pretty much been going on for most of our life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've just, just been fighting this war for forever. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I guess we can probably link it to more like resources of, you know, people that are more um, knowledgeable on the whole situation over yeah. there, probably. Because I'm not a um, great expert on foreign policy, but I can usually guarantee that whatever Biden's doing is the not opposite. the great thing. <laughs> it's just like, if he did it, it's probably not good. Yeah. Because, well, at least foreign policy-wise, like... Which was actually a an area where Trump surprised me. Because when I... I then the 2016 election i was thinking oh my gosh like he's gonna get in he was like he's like gonna get into a twitter fight with uh kim jong-un and (laughs) then the whole world's gonna be nuked that's literally what i thought but then he was the first president to like actually go and visit and like made peace with them pretty much instead of just like trading threats back and forth which has been what was happening for like forever so that really shocked me i was like oh He's not just going to, like, this is not going to turn into some, like, I don't know, just some, some, like, petty contest here. So I was like, okay, well, you proved me wrong there, but, yeah. Things wait, are what are, wait, sorry, I totally, <laughs> <laughs> um, what's fine? Who's fine? I just, I just said things are fun. <laughs> Yeah, well, and I think, I, I know, I've just been like, um, again, I've been just trying to, I don't know, just um, just going through a lot of like life changes with this business kind of growing and just needing to really, um, I don't know, I was just kind of called on this week to kind of refocus and reorder my life more around God, which I'll kind of talk about that later, um, and just have more peace. So I was just trying to, you know, um, 
because especially when I was hearing this stuff, I'm like, what can I do? I just have to pray for it. Um, that's all I have, the power. Um, but then when I get a message of this persecution that's happening, it's kind of like, wow, that's, that's personal. Um, um, you know, cause we know about persecution that happens over there because of the Islamic people. Um, and I do, I do think, I don't think that there's a mistake that there's a growth of the left really trying to take over in our country while this is happening over there mm-hmm. in Afghanistan. You know, I, I don't think that there's, there's a lack of connection there. Um, so, and I'll just say this too. Um, we'll be, we'll be, we'll be putting all of this in the show notes. Um, but this Nazarene fund, it's kind of interesting cause, um, it's actually run by Tim Ballard, who's kind of, we had talked about him before cause he runs the underground railroad, which, um, rescues people from human trafficking, um, from sex, sex slavery and whatnot. Um, but apparently he got into this area as well, which I'm like, man, this dude is <laughs> one you. everywhere and also just taking action. So, um, would it be that more Catholics would do that, right? Yeah. Would it be that we would just be able to jump in and and, and just, um, yeah, be able to uh, immerse ourselves in this? So I don't know. I think, um, I guess our hot take right now for this, this, this episode is just more like there's just no room for, what is it? There's no room for, gosh, what's the word? <laughs> Apathy? Yeah, there's no room for standing by anymore. We have to stand up. Mm-hmm. There's no room for... Oh, complacency. That's it. Yeah. Hot take for today. There's no room for complacency anymore. Um, because our country is at stake. Our church is at stake. And the world is at stake. And yes, we're not... <laughs> I don't want us to say that we're, oh, we're saviors for the world. But hey, I don't know. I just think that... I just... Enough is enough. Mm-hmm. Um so again, I guess just pray for what's, if, if anything, if you feel like, well, there, I just can't handle more than prayer. That's great. Prayer is really powerful. Um, and then if you feel po- at all possible to help, you can go to this Nazarene fund, um, to fundraise and help support them and what they're doing. Um, and then if you do know of anybody that could help with, um, sending me up to do work visas to get people over here to help work, um, I would totally be, I'm all about empowering women. So if I could, you know, even oh, if you sexist, assume <laughs> that women would come and clean for you. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. It's work for me. It's like, well, who am I to keep? I mean, I think this business is itself a show to have a mind of its own, i.e. God has his hand in it. So I am just the instrument. And so I will just, you know. I'm stewarding it, and if it's able to, I don't know. I, I guess I've always been a little bit feisty and a little bit of a no. <laughs> nah. a justice warrior in, in the true sense of it. And so I'm like, if I can make a difference and one, if I can save one person's life, then I, you know, will. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. I guess we're talking to you. Um, I guess specifically Catholic young adult women and what does this mean for you? I know. Cause I, I especially remember when I was in college, like I was like, I honestly feel like I just had like a bubble on cause I couldn't, you know, you're concentrating. Um, but yeah, again, I guess if you can just pray and, and just really think, I don't know. I think again, we've been in Afghanistan for so long and you know, it's kind of like the same thing with the pro-life cause. Like you kind of get complacent about it, but when it gets this heated, when it gets this intense, then I think it's time to just, you know, pay attention. Um, because your brothers and sisters in Christ, it's, what is it? Um, when one, when, when one part of the church is suffering, the rest of the church suffers. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, yeah, my heart just goes out to the Christians out there. And, you know, I think too, you know, I, I was just thinking of all the complaints I had this week and I was like, man, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's just like wow actually you know i was reading um i was yeah one of my personal struggles recently i was i was reading about saint paul and uh, how he actually you know how he was persecuted and all the stuff that he suffered through and i'm like man i'm so lame (laughs) i'm soft i'm I'm so weak you know (laughs) like i shouldn't complain i mean yes your struggles are your struggles regardless but just keep it into perspective and um, just imagine St. Paul showing up and saying, you're soft. <laughs> <laughs> you are, what is it? We are not made for this world. We are not made for comfort. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. made for great, greatness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it is, 
it's not like okay you're i don't know in all humility still Mm -hmm. yeah because you're made to give god glory so um yeah so i guess again our just one more last one last time our hot take is it is no longer time to be complacent but we must take a stand we must take a stand and in our local politics with what was ever going on with covid in your school boards um in the state, wherever you're at, in terms of fighting back against the lockdowns coming back, um, in our country, um, just fighting against this, this left that wants to just bring death around us and, and destruction. And, um, yeah, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Yep. (laughs) Um, and then just, um, yeah, pay attention to what's going on out there and, um, just please let it tug your, on your heart. I think if it isn't, then maybe you need to, you know, pray and figure out what's going on in your own heart and obviously have stuff to work through. But, um, yeah, I guess the very least pray for your brothers and sisters that are suffering around the world, not even just in Af in Afghanistan, but, but in Africa and China. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, any closing thoughts, Hannah? I think you summed it up pretty well. (laughs) All right. So with that, we'll get into our advice time of the day so see ya all right so time for advice time of the day (laughs) um yeah anyways before i start hannah yes what has been going on in your mind this week in relation to just your faith and and just what god's doing in your life (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mary coming out of left field with this. <laughs> I didn't hey. even prepare for it. <laughs> Put me on the spot, on the mic, hot mic. <sighs> Sheesh. <laughs> well, you started school. Yes, mm-hmm. I did. Um, I don't know. Just been really grateful and just happy to be with. I'm actually, I have a lot of the same students again. So it's been really nice to learn and grow with them and just have have them for another year and some of them hopefully i'll have for two more two more years after this but yeah it's just been really nice to just get back into things i was actually um the day so school started a couple days ago our first day with students and i was literally like it was like five minutes before I had to go get them, and I was like, I was, I was like skipping down the hallway. I like jumped, like used my basketball basketball vertical, and I was like, I'm so excited! Glory to Jesus Christ! Like, I'm ready for them to be back. It was, it was so, it was so nice, and we had, we were able to have an open house, and a bunch of my students just came up and gave me a hug, and it was just mm-hmm. really sweet. Um, so I'm happy be, to be with them again, and then I get. Uh, some new students too so that's really cool to have another another group that i get to know and love this whole year so that that was nice i think it was just a focus on the blessings that uh hopefully will (laughs) get to benefit from all year and it's Mm -hmm. it's nice too because my lunch break doubled (laughs) in time and i got three more planning periods so like three more breaks that'll be consistent throughout the week which is super nice it's like lightens my load a lot um so i'm just really grateful for that and yeah so it's it's been good i'm happy to have them back (laughs) so i remember kind of when i was working with kids in the um ministry um ministry nonprofit work um Mm -hmm. before before cleaning pc um (laughs) Um, I remember like when things were going on in the world that were difficult, I just remember being like, well, I'm just going to go to work today and do a good job and making it, you know, making an influence on their lives. So does that help you like with everything going on to be like, well, I have my one way I can make the world better. And it's here in this classroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like, and I can just like lose myself in, in that and just forget about all the crappy stuff that's going on in the world and just focus on being with them and teaching them another Latin hymn or talking to them about Eucharistic miracles or today we were breaking down Lectio Divina because I do Lectio Divina every Friday and so I was like Here, here's what you're going to do you know and I was like I had a little I was going to be like okay you're I'm going to be a little tougher on you guys this year like 
we're going to have more structure to it. Like, I want to see you doing these things um, because it, because it's good for you. And a lot of adults, like, a lot of adults don't even know how to go through the steps of Lectio Divina, could never really do it on their own if they were asked to. And so just to help with that skill of sitting in silence for, like, 20 minutes, you know, it's almost impossible for a lot of adults. But if I kind of train it into these kids, like, maybe they'll still hold on to it. Because, you know, you got to get them while they're still young. And I think that's nice that I have that platform that I'm able to do that. Just one one kiddo at a time. Mm-hmm. That's cool. You're really passionate about doing that stuff. So I wish I had you as a teacher when I was younger. So, I mean, reality that, I mean, anyways. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I kind of wanted to ask that just because I think um, kind of, it's just, you know, I think there's been a journey of, I think I talked earlier about growing in my identity as a daughter of Christ and learning that, you know, I read that whole section about how, um, learning how that God is as father is here to protect, provide and direct us. Um, and so really growing in that and, um, you know, just knocking down a lot of walls and experiencing healing. And obviously that's still, you know, to be learned. Um, but recently I was just kind of like stopped in my tracks and, one of my girlfriends was like, Mary, you need to order your life around Jesus more. And I was like, gosh, dang it. Yes. (laughs) I was ordering it around other things that, you know, it was that it was actually, I was thinking about it. It was actually out of good intention, but that doesn't make it better. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, my gosh, what is it like to actually order my life around Jesus? Um, and so I've been, um, also feeling a lot of call to silence recently, um, to prayer and just to sat, you know, interior silence. Um, so I actually started, I, I'd actually just, I was at a, a Catholic store, um, in our area and I came upon this, it's the 40 day social media fast exchange your online distractions for real life devotion. And I was like, cause also, um, Matt Fratt has done this, Dave Rubin, they do, they take the whole month of August off yes. and they completely like disconnect, disconnect, which I'm not at that spot one day. If I will know I have made it, that I can completely mm-hmm. do that. I <laughs> just am not able to just do that. They're, they literally take off work and everything, which is impressive because they're, they make their income off of, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> off of YouTube and whatnot. So, um, but I was kind of like, I was like, oh, I just have to wait for the right time. And then this week I was like, nope, just got to do it. So, um, yeah, I will say it's day two and y'all, it's, uh, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think it would be so much easier to lock my phone somewhere like they do and just completely be off of it. It's a lot harder. Like mm-hmm. I basically have set times that I will check into my phone Yeah, and I turned off notifications but still, like, knowing, you know, because, you know, I still have to do social media for my business, and mm-hmm. I have to be able to be in communication with people, and, I mean, even for the podcast and whatnot. So, yeah, um, yeah anyways, so um, today actually kind of, like, stopped me in my tracks for the devotion, so there's a devotion every day. So, yeah, so basically you come up with parameters and how you're going to basically, um, you know, I mean... There's options of like completely going off of all social media in your phone and then also tailoring it to your where you're at in life. So, um, but yeah, basically it's just a screen sabbatical and it's 40 days and man, I'm so happy. I'm so looking forward to it. Um, it's all about plugging, unplugging from screens in order to plug into your real life with the help of a very real God, which is just so needed. Um, and it, the back says, imagine 40 days not hunched over your phone. Imagine 40 days with your eyes lifted up. Imagine 40 days with empty hands. Imagine 40 days without seeing or hearing all those little notifications. Imagine taking a much-needed break from social media in order to get social with God and your loved ones again. It's going to be hashtag amazing. What are you waiting for? So, hey, you know, I mean, day two, I want to invite you all into it if you would like. Um, this book is actually written by Wendy Speaks, so um, I'm just excited to just go on this journey. Um, so I guess pray for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but because I'm already feeling like my soul kind of like, whoa, oh my gosh. <laughs> I cannot believe how much attachment to my phone I've um, had. Oof. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> and I'm not really like, I'm not like, I'm not that bad, mm-hmm. but like, 
it totally distracts me from, I mean, cause you know, I'll be on YouTube and it'll distract me from like reading a book or being attentive to people. Um, and Facebook, I always find myself comparing and I always have anxiety from it, but I still go on because I'm <laughs> bored and <laughs> I'm too lazy to do other things. But I will say day two, I, my time is a lot more productive and I am just more peaceful and whatnot. Um, especially not knowing the news. I, that is very nice. So Hannah's going to be in my one <laughs> once a week and fill me in on what's going on. So yes, I can't go on a social media fast. She's making me do it. <laughs> well, I mean, you I'm know, kidding. I mean, in terms of news, yeah. news informing me. Right. Um, but anyway, so I guess kind of like the journey I'm on is just for craving some silence. Um, but then also just kind of in, in kind of in connection, um, I'm just going to read day two today that was for today, and it's all about following Jesus. And I think it's, I don't know, you know, I've been Catholic my whole entire life and in and, and this and this prayer and this faith life, and you kind of come on, on areas of your life, you're like, hmm, following Jesus. I don't know. I feel like I've kind of taken that for granted. What is this? You know, this is kind of scary. This is kind of daunting. Um, do I trust him? <laughs> you know, there's that whole litany of trust, you know, will I... You know, mm-hmm. do I trust that he will, you know, and depending on him, will I become destitute? Yeah. Uh, so, um, anyway, so, um, but Jesus still asks us to follow him. So, uh, yeah, so day two is, so I'll just go ahead and dive into it. Um, and it, the opening um, quote is, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Um, Mark 1, 17. And this is from the author. She says, it's possible that the people you follow online have come between you and the one who said, follow me. This isn't a hypothetical statement. I know it to be true for myself. Unless I intentionally follow Jesus, I unintentionally drift along with the masses in this world's current. But Jesus didn't simply swim upstream. He walked on water. He rose above the cultural currents of the time and invited his closest companions to join him above the waves. He said, come follow me. Um, before I go on, I do find that, you know, I think in this culture that we have, um, she was earlier talking about how social media is neither, it, it's really neutral. It's either how we use it, um, but I think we've just been so immersed in it that we have to pull ourselves out of it to be intentional. Um, and I really think that intentionality of following Jesus was like, man, I don't think I've really ever been like, I mean, kind of, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm here in a way, I've given my fiat, but, you know. Um, so it continues, he invited his disciples to follow him at the beginning of their friendship. And after that, he kept inviting them over and over again. Consider Peter who received his very first follow me in Matthew four nineteen, then heard it again after Jesus asked three times, do you love me? Jesus does not offer a one-time invitation, but a constant wooing. So if you missed it the one time, don't worry, he's going to keep on asking you. Um, Matthew fourteen twenty two through 33 tells the story of Jesus walking out upon the windswept Sea of Galilee. As he approached the boat that held his friends in the hazy moments just before dawn, the disciples saw him coming and were terrified. It's a ghost, they cried. Jesus, who is always calling us up to greater faith, responded, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter, impetuous and bold, shouted out to him, If it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus invited, just as he had at the start of their friendship on the shore of that same lake. In response to this pre-dawn invitation, Peter stepped out of the boat and walked above the current's pool. Unfortunately, the wind and the waves rallied to catch his attention, and Peter, distracted, took his eyes off of Jesus. Afraid and seeking, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You are little faith. Why did you doubt? He asked. Um... Before I continue, it's just kind of crazy. I I was at confession this past week, and you know when God's leading you the right way because this was literally part of my confession. The the priest was talking about do not be afraid, and he literally talked about the story of Peter on the water. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, because I will say like one of my like my root one of my root like sins is fear, or like that's one of like my the th- the thorn for me. Um, but the priest is like, yeah, do not be afraid. He's like, yeah, that's easier said than done, but it's all over scripture. Um, and I think a part of it is having faith. Um, and that's not easy, but, you know, oh, you have little faith. So um, to continue, um, at the start of the 40-day social media fast, it is the author's hope that 
um, we will be able to hear our Savior's familiar call, come follow me. Um, whether you're standing on the shore, having never before responded to his invitation, or sitting in your little boat, eager to walk with him above the pool of the culture's current, the invitation is yours. Join him. And even where, you know, like I'm thinking, even if you're like, man, I don't, I don't feel called to do a social media fast, still follow him, follow him regardless. Um, it's totally worth it. It won't be easy. The temptation to take your eyes off of Christ and his boying world will be constant. Loneliness may even threaten to capsize you, but what a joy it will be to step out of your boat and follow him in this countercultural, faith-building, water-walking way. Over the course of these days, you'll need to keep your eyes continually on him or be swept away. That's why his invitation is ongoing rather than once and done. Come follow me. Follow me. Come. How gracious of the Lord to keep inviting us still. Perhaps in recent years, as the world's waves have grown larger and louder, you can't hear him as you once could. If that's where you find yourself today, I understand. However, I have learned from experience that it's not because the Lord has grown quiet. The world has simply gotten so loud, it drowns him out. And you're also probably thinking, what does this have to do with anything that you're talking with the current events? It's exactly because of, because of this. Um, I think it's quieting ourselves to be able to listen to be when you, you can hear the Lord's call. Um, to be able to act on what is necessary and not just to be busy about your day. Though I turn to the Lord in the quiet morning moments as I read a passage of scripture in a daily devotional, the majority of my day is spent in the clamoring conversation online. I like to say it isn't true, but the proof is on my screen. My iPhone tracks my time online, testifying to my priorities. 17 minutes on the YouVersion Bible app at the start of the day, followed by 163 minutes on social media, news threads, and texting. No doubt, my eyes are on the wind and the waves, and my ears are attentive to those I follow online. While Jesus clearly said, come follow me, I wear myself out following everyone else. Perhaps you're tired too and ready for a rest. Jesus extended this invitation in Matthew 11:28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Well, I memorized this verse years ago. Recently, I felt the Lord speak this invitation to me in light of all the other things I run to, turn to, or come to each day. Come to me. As I turn on my computer, come to me. I want to connect with you. As I make a phone call to talk through my stress with a friend, call on me. As I scroll through Facebook, don't follow them. Follow me. As I open up Instagram, come to me, open up to me. As I binge watch another late night TV show, come to me. As I start a text complaining to a friend about my day, delete that, don't complain to her, come to me. As I link over to Amazon Prime for a little retail therapy, come to me, I'm a wonderful counselor. As I run into Starbucks for something sweet, my words are sweet as honey, come to me. As I turn to comfort, come to me. I'm the great comforter. Come to me. There are so many things I mindlessly turn to each day. So many things I eat, read, watch, buy, and consume. But God's invitation to his disciples was and remains, come to me. On the beach, on the waves, on the hillside, in your home, wherever you are, I am. Come to me. Are you weary? If you're worn out and wiped out, exhausted from running to all the false gods that this world has to offer, run to the one who invited you to bring your weariness to him in the first place. He can carry your burdens. The one who shouldered the cross can shoulder what concerns you today. It's what he does, what he came for. Amazon Prime can't do it. Facebook can't do it. Netflix can't do it. And all the people you're following online can't do it either. It's not their job to lighten your load or brighten your countenance. It's God's job. Don't follow them. Follow me. Come to me. He is able to carry your hurting relationships. He can handle your fears and your failures. He can shoulder your loneliness too. He alone is able to relieve you of your sin struggles and your shame. He can carry the weight all the way up Calvary's hill and lay it down at the foot of the cross on your behalf. In exchange for those heavy burdens, he offers his light yoke. That's what he's given us when we give it all to him. Do you like the idea of coming to Jesus, but you're not sure what that even looks like? Um, then the author says, then follow me in the pages of this book as I follow Jesus. Take a moment to accept Christ's gracious offer and let him lead the way these 40 days or for wherever you're at. Um, so I, you know, this actually kind of got me because I was thinking like, oh, I'm just gonna be praying about my, 
um, addiction to social media and whatnot. Um, but then I also was talking about comfort food and love of sweets. And I was like, gosh, dang it. <laughs> um, how much do I run to that stuff? for? I am such a stress eater. Um, I go to food for comfort um, to feel better. Um, yeah, so I guess I just, maybe I'll just um, close this kind of little section with um, prayer and then you can give any input and any reflections on, the, on that. And um, so it says, this is from the book, it says, Dear Lord, your word isn't a far off record of an old distant God, old and distant God. You are speaking today to my listening heart. Come to me. You're inviting me now. Holy Spirit, give me the courage to stop opening my phone and instead open my ears to your quiet voice. I've been stubborn, but I'm so grateful for your oft-repeated invitation. Follow me. Nothing else has ever been able to get the job done. Only you have that power to meet my needs as I follow you. And so I'm praying in your name as I say yes to following you today. Amen. So dear sister in Christ, dear brother in Christ, um, I just ask you um, wherever you're at, if you're feeling that tug on your heart, um, whether that's, um, you know, away from, from the sin that you're in, um, or if that's to your, your vocation, your calling, um, whether that's to prayer, to, to, to being more intentional in your prayer, um, to, you know, being charitable and being patient with that one relative or that one friend that always gets your patience and, and to, um, love them where they're at and not where, um, you know, not judging, not judging them, you know, judge, you know, you can judge your, their actions, but do not judge their heart. Um, so it's just in the little moments. And so I'm learning it too. Um, it's interesting cause I feel like a lot of times people will look at me and be like, wow, you got it all together, that faith <laughs> part. And it's like, y'all, no, not at all. I mean, I guess I'm here to share some of the stuff I've learned some of the parts of wisdom, but I'm on the journey too. Mm-hmm. I think you're on the journey too, Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you would have made it, I'd have been like, step. <laughs> <laughs> you should be in heaven then. <laughs> hey. um, yeah. So that's a little bit of inspiration, a little encouragement. Um, I, I do think, especially when the world gets crazy like this, we have to go to si- like we have to go to silence because mm-hmm. I know for myself, I have FOMO for sure. Yeah. I have. I love to please people, and I, you know, I see that I don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem with like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I have a lot of friends who are like, I worry too much about people's feelings, and I'm like. I worry too little. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, shoot. Did I say that? I'm sorry. I was too honest. I was yeah. like, or too mean or too blunt or something. But yeah, I think silence is good. Like, that's why I'm teaching my kids like Dio Divina. They need to learn how to sit in silence. Uh-huh. And we're just going to... And I'm doing it with them. So it's not like, you know, I'm doing something else while they're sitting in silence trying to like struggle with it. You know, I'm just modeling them through it. And mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing just to like, if you can't, um, for whatever reason, like I know I can't go off the internet because my job doesn't allow for that. Yay. Um, but if you just want to cut back, setting timers on your phone is a good, good way to start. And if you want to start deleting stuff, you can always do that. Um, but just like spend, spending more time in silence and just really being intentional about your prayer is really, is really good. Even if you don't end up getting off of social media, cause you know, it can be used for good. So it's just a matter of being intentional with using it and making sure it's not pulling you away from other things. Mm-hmm. And I would also encourage you. Um, I, I think, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I've talked about this. I can't remember. Um, but I, I was having kind of a dry spot in my prayer a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I, for some reason, I don't know. It was just like, I think it was just, I'm such always on the go that somehow I figured out. No, actually one of my friends was like, um, I was, I was just saying how I was having a difficult discerning things and whatnot, and she said, go to silence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from that, I started doing like five, like before I would start my daily, because pr- I used to start my daily prayer, you know, I'd sit down for coffee and I would like right away put all my petitions out, you know, go, you know, I have my, my routine in my prayer. But like, it was just like me talking to God and, you know, trying to like, you know, golf down the scriptures in a way. Um, but I've actually started and then actually 
from that, a priest was, you know, um, my penance, a couple, like two weeks in a row or two times in a row where basically, you know, starting the day with saying, come Holy Spirit, guide me and how I'm supposed to live my day. So I've been just literally doing that and just having 10 minutes of silence before I actually go into the rest of my prayer. And, and then I've actually been kind of incorporating that into my, my spiritual reading, um, later in the day. And yeah, so Jesus is in the silence. He's in the whisper. And he's definitely worth it to follow. So I'm learning. <laughs> it's all a process. Yeah. So um, we just send all our love to all of you and um, just um, the love of Christ. We want to send it to you. It is real ex- existing despite all the craziness. And you can find it. You can find it in your prayer. You can find it in the sacraments. You can find it in um, community. Pray that you have that. Um, and at the very least you can hear it from us. <laughs> yep. the, the we'll loving, keep you updated. <laughs> yeah, the love of Christ is living and effective. Yes. No matter no matter the circumstance. So um mm. with that, Hannah, would you close us with our closing quote? Yeah. Let's send you off with as always with our Catherine of Sina. So we have had enough exhortations to be silent. Cry out with a thousand tongues. I see the world is rotten because of silence. God bless you all. Have a great week. See you next Thursday. And know that you're all loved. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Caritas Christi. If you'd like to write to us with hot takes, feedback, advice, or advice requests, we would love to hear from you. Email us at caritas.christi31 at gmail.com. That's caritas.christi31 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next Thursday.